Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Fountain Church Podcast. Our prayer is that God speaks to you in a real and powerful way. So go ahead, grab your Bible, grab a notepad and your coffee, and let's dive in. It's so good to be here. I, I am honored to be here, to be able to worship with you. It's been a long time since I've been able to worship with people in public. So you guys are blessed. You guys are highly favored. Um, I always feel the presence of God every time I come here. And I'm not just saying that because I know Pastor Matt and Pastor Jackie, but you guys are blessed, man. If there's one thing I know, and that's the presence of God. And the presence of God is here. The presence of God is able to heal. He's able to destroy addictions, old mindsets. God does so many different things, especially during worship, especially during our time of praise and our connection to Him. He knows that we long in our hearts to be with Him and to connect with Him. And God does so many different things during our time of prayer and worship. God just doesn't sit there actually doing nothing. God is always active in everything that He does. And I love you guys. I love you guys. I can honestly say that. I, I like to sit in the back and I kind of like to feel things out, hear what God is doing, hear what God is saying. And there is nothing, there is nothing but accolades from the throne of God. Pastors Matt and Jackie, great job. Great job, guys. Great job. You guys are doing a phenomenal job here. A phenomenal job. And I'm not just saying that, guys. Please believe me, and these guys know my heart. I don't come up here to, to like say things that aren't true. I'm not here to exaggerate the truth. I'm here to proclaim liberty. I'm here to proclaim truth. And I'm here to proclaim his name. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we adore you and we bless you this morning. God, I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. God, I thank you for this day, Lord, that we could come together and to worship you in freedom and in truth. And Lord, as we begin to express our love to you, Lord, as we continue to do that which you've called us to do, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would breathe anew, that you would breathe afresh, Lord, upon all your people, God, that you would renew our minds, that you would renew our hearts, Lord, that we would be able to touch your heart today, God, that we would be able to bring you something, Lord, that is pleasing to you, God. Father, how can we minister to you today? How can we minister to you, Lord? Father, I love you, Lord. I kiss you, and I thank you for your presence. Jesus, we thank you. Where would we be without you? Where would we be without your love? Where would we be without your power? Holy Spirit, where would we be without you? You're the one that sanctifies and sets apart. You're the one that encourages and empowers. You're the one that strengthens the weak and gives the faint-hearted a word in due season, God. Lord, you do all these things and more. So God, we honor you today. And Lord, I pray that as you look upon this place, Lord, that you would be seated upon the rightful place. And that's on our hearts, God. That you would have the preeminence in this place. Jesus, everything that we do, God, is for you. God, and we honor you. We honor you. And it's in your matchless name that all God's people said, 
Amen. Well, I have some notes. I have some things in my, in my trusty Bible, but I know that I come here with a prophetic word, and sometimes when people ask me, well, what's the title of your message? I have it a couple days ago, but I know that I'm still going to be preaching out of Peter, but I feel like things have kind of shifted ever since this morning, since I got here. Is that okay? You know, every time that you and I go through something, I believe with all my heart, God is getting ready to do something inside of us that at no other time he could do. Now he's got your attention. Like you, I've been going and rolling with the punches. And like you, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of it. So God, what are you doing in this hour and what are you saying to the church of Jesus Christ? But more in particular, what are you saying to the Fountain Church? That's what we want to know today. God, because I know that in my mind, in my heart, if I was you, all this stuff would already be over with. All this stuff would have already be done. But from one of my mentors, God allows in his wisdom what he could easily prevent by his power. So God, what are you doing in this hour? What are you saying to the Fountain Church? I told Matt and Jackie, I came here kind of limp in, my, my, uh, my right ear is clogged up, my sciatica that I haven't had in 20 years has come back, and I'm like, what is going on? And Matt's all, welcome to this place, welcome to spiritual warfare. And you know, every time that we go through something, I know, I know that we are pushing back the forces of darkness. Because Satan doesn't want this church to thrive, he doesn't want this church to grow, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you are at the right place at the right time for a time such as this. Think about it. You could have been born at any other time, at any other season, in any other generation. Why were you born in this generation? You were born with purpose. You were born with design. And God has placed his presence inside of you for a time such as this. When you read the Word of God, let the Word of God ruminate over your mind and in your heart. Let it breathe new life into you. Because God is doing something. But what is God doing in this hour at Fountain Church? What is He doing in your heart? What is He doing in your mind? I want to turn your attention. If you brought your Bibles, I'm old school. I like my Bible. This is my new Bible, so I'm going to try it on on you guys. But I want to turn your attention to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. If you have it, say, I have it. If you don't, say, oh, don't. 1 Peter chapter 1. New Testament. Towards the back of your Bible. First Peter chapter 1, let's start with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in this last time. In this you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom, having not seen, 
you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. What the enemy is doing in this hour is he's trying to remove hope. He's trying to take your hope. Because faith and hope are connected and they're intertwined. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And by it the elders obtained a good report. He's trying to steal your faith. He's trying to steal your hope. And he's especially trying to steal the good report that's coming from this place. And Satan will use any means necessary. I kind of look at faith like a car. Faith is kind of like a vehicle that brings us into the promises of God, that brings us into salvation, that brings us into redemption, and all the wonderful things that we read about that we can claim for our own. And faith is that vehicle. Faith is just believing God at his word. And what hope does is hope kind of drives the vehicle. Hope is in the car driving the vehicle. And guess what? If Satan can grab your hope, then he's got the driver and the vehicle is just sitting by the side of the road. And that's what Satan has been trying to do to this church. He's trying to take your hope. Because he knows that if he can take the driver, he knows that if he can take your hope, then he knows that he can shipwreck your faith. And that's what's going on in the days and times of spiritual warfare, is that Satan is trying to steal your hope. You know that we're not the only ones going through it right now, church. The whole world is going through it. Every believer, every church, and every ministry is thinking, Lord God, when is it going to be over? When we can we get back to normal? When can we get back to doing things like it was before? But I believe with all my heart because, listen, I want you to know this and I want you to believe it in your heart. You can search the scriptures for yourself, but Satan belongs to God. He is not his own. That is why he's able to, at the end of days, to throw him and cast him into hellfire and lake of fire and death and all those things because he owns everything. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, every soul belongs to God. The soul of the Father and the soul of the Son. Everything belongs to God. God is in charge right now. So God, what are you doing in this hour? Why have you allowed these things to happen? God, I believe it's to prepare us for the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's the second coming of Jesus Christ. And every one of us wants to know when that hour is going to be. And he's not going to tell us. Why? Because what would we do as people? I know what I would do. I would wait till the last minute, man. The last minute that I'm going to get myself right. I'm going to get myself. I'm going to get back in shape. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know how we lie to ourselves, right? And God knows that. So he's not going to tell. But he's given us the times, the seasons to know that when we can be prepared... And it's time for preparation right now. It's time. So what is God doing? God owns everything. I am a firm believer in that. Satan does not own himself. God owns him. That's why he has to come to God for permission for everything that he does. God is not taken by surprise what's happening right now. I believe with all my heart that God is flipping the script. God is flipping the script. We have to get back to the word. We have to get back to what God has said about the church. We have to give the church back to Jesus Christ. We have to give our lives back to Jesus Christ. Lord, what would you have us do in this hour? What would you have us do in this hour? And it's going to take prayer. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take life. And you guys are a life-giving church. 
You guys, I feel life here. And can I say this? I, I'm a dad at heart. So, and I saw you guys, and some guys, some people are like, yeah, Jesus, holy ground. And some of you didn't know what to do. And can I ask you a question? Why didn't you know what to do during that hour? How come your hands weren't raised? What is going on inside your heart? What haven't you surrendered to Jesus Christ? Isn't he worthy of you raising your hands? Isn't he worthy of you praising the Lord? Isn't he worthy of that? What is going on inside our hearts? And you see, church, God is preparing us. He's preparing a bride. He's preparing a church for himself, holy and without spot, without wrinkle. God is coming back for you, and he's coming back for us. And the second coming of Jesus Christ, whether he comes back tonight whether he comes back in 50 years, whether he comes back in 100 years, guess what? It doesn't matter because you and I have to be prepared to meet the Lord because one day we're going to take a dirt nap. One day we're going to take a dirt nap, and either way, this is what I tell people. I have had people calling me, well, Pastor Dave, what's happening? Look what Trump's doing. Look what they're doing. And look what's happening in Israel. It's Abraham covenant. What's going on? Is it? I said, yes and no. Just be ready because whether he comes back tonight or whether you die to see him and meet him, you have to be ready either way. So it's all about preparation in this time. And that's what you guys are going through. Preparation, preparation, preparation. I was just telling your pastor last night that, Matt, you have done a phenomenal job because I've been watching you. I've been watching what you're going through. For you to push through this time, and I said, Matt... You have to keep going. You have to keep going because lives are at stake. Lives are at stake. That's why Satan wants to take you out because lives are at stake. Your life matters. Why do you think the Holy Spirit was given to you? So that we could become witnesses of the grace and mercy of God. That each and every one of you have a ministry given to you by God. And it's called the ministry of reconciliation. You and I have been reconciled to God, and now you and I have that testimony. Hey, man, guess what? I was such and such. I did such and such, but Jesus Christ came in my life, and he reconciled me back to, my, back to himself, and now I can reconcile you. You see, the thing that Jesus saved you from is exactly the thing that Jesus is going to use you to save others. You have a testimony. You have a testimony that nobody else has but it's coming into the presence of God and asking the Father, Father, what would you have me do in this hour? And like I said, Satan is trying to remove hope from this church. He's trying to steal hope from this church, but guess what? Guess what, Bubba? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen on their watch, on the leadership's watch. It's not going to happen on our watch because we're going to resist him. In fact, we're not going to just resist him, that we're coming against the gates of hell. We're coming against the gates of hell. That's a defense. It's not offense. It's defense. We're coming into the enemy's territory, and we're removing prisoners of war. We're going to go into the enemy's camp. A week ago, I had a dream, and I was in a house, and it was not my house. And there was a wall dividing the house, and the wall had not been yet prepared all the way there was still a quarter of the wall because the frames were up and there was not sheetrock in there and I began to talk to a lady that was on the other side of the house and this lady was a medium she was a spiritist 
She was a psychic. And she asked me, what are you doing here? And I said, the bigger question is, what are you doing here? I said, I know why I'm here. Why are you here? And then she started to talk in gibberish. She started to talk in some psychic language. And there was a man next to her. And she goes, what are you here for? I said, I'm not here for that man. That man began to manifest. And he began to have, have you ever seen that movie, Hellboy? You ever seen that movie, Hellboy? Come on, guys. That action movie, that, that, that drama. Am I by myself? Oh, wow. I'm a superhero fan, so he was almost going to turn into that movie Hellboy, that guy with the big horns, that kind of anti-hero, demonic hero, whatever he is. And I told the lady, I said, I'm not here for him. I'm here for his master. And all of a sudden, she just kind of, and see, that was that thing because Every time that Satan comes, he's going to try to cause division in the house. He's going to try to cause division in the house. And I'm here today to say that that's not going to happen in this house. That's not going to happen in this house. No matter who's praying against you, no matter what witch is praying against you, no matter what psychic is praying against you, that's not going to happen in this house. You know why? Because God has his prophetic ministers all over the place. All over the place, and I'd be one of them. I don't call myself a prophet but I definitely am a prophetic minister, and that's not going to happen in this place because God has chosen this place. Guys, this, this war is real, man. Satan's not playing. He's taking people out left and right. Pastors are quitting by the droves. They're committing suicide by the droves. This war is real, and like it or not, you and I have been baptized in this war. I'm not a martyr. I don't want to die. None of you want to die, but the book is all filled with people about dying for Christ, dying to live. Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose it for my sake, you're going to find it. Because everything that we've ever wanted is found in the person and nature of Jesus Christ. He is everything. You have been created for one reason and one reason only, and that was for the Lord Jesus Christ. You were born for a relationship. You were not born for hell. God did not create you for hell. The Bible says that hell was expanded. It was originally created for the devil and his angels, but because of sin, it enlarged its territories. You and I are not destined for hell. We are heaven-bound. And now, because we're heaven-bound, right now we have the mind of heaven and we have the feet of Jesus right now. Right now, so you're able to walk around and redeem and restore and redeem and restore and reconcile. And that's the war that's going on in this church. That's the war that's happening in this church. Are you going to sign on the dotted line or are you going to let it escape you? Are you going to join in and pray and fast or are you going to let it escape you? Your family members are dying and they need you. Your family members are dying without Jesus and they need you. You've got to get your life right. You've got to get your life right. And you might say, well, pastor, preacher, my life is right. Then get it better right. There's always something that we can do. There's always more that we can do. There's always someone that we can reach out to. How many in this, in this place right now are harboring unforgiveness? Unforgiveness is rampant in the church. But you know what else is rampant in the church? It's gossip. And God hates gossip. God hates gossip and he hates anything and anyone that, that causes a schism between brothers and sisters, especially in the church. God hates it. 
Look at what God hates. You ever, you ever do a little study on what God loves and what he hates? Man, he hates lying. <laughs> he hates lying. He hates gossip. He hates division. He hates all kinds of things. But that's not going to happen in this house. Why? Because you guys are going to combat it, right? You guys are going to grab it and nip it right in its behind. You're not going to let it grow. You're not going to let it go into somebody else's ear. You're going to stop it right at the source. I don't know why I'm saying that. It's not in my notes, but you can take it for what it's worth. Now let's get to my message. Verse 13. Therefore, because of everything that David read and David said, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. It is written, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. You know what, you know what the writer's saying? You know what Peter's saying? Listen, you need to gird up the loins of your mind. You need to be sober. And in the Eastern culture, they wore long robes in those days. And if you wanted to get to anywhere fast, you kind of had to pull up your robe and you had to tie it around your waist or else it would hinder you. You wouldn't be able to walk fast. You wouldn't be able to run. And so the writer saying, Peter said, and he knows what he's talking about. He says, listen, if you want to run this race, your mind is going to have to be sober. You're going to have to get away from all hindrances, everything that hinders you, everything that catches you up in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, in your family. You're going to have to run this race, man, and you're going to have to run this race strong. Why? Because you need to rest fully upon the hope that is in the grace of the revelation of Jesus Christ. You've got to rest your hope. You've got to rest the driver of the car. You have to protect your hope at all costs. You have to protect your faith at all costs. You have to protect your mind at all costs. You have to protect your heart at all costs. Why? Because your life matters. Every individual life in this place matters, and Satan knows that. Satan knows more about your calling than you probably do. That's why he's intersecting. He sees things that you and I can't see in the supernatural. That's why he's intersecting. That's why through prayer and fasting and meditating on the word and worship and prayer, God gives you a special revelation. And that revelation of Jesus Christ, nobody can take away from you. That's how you were saved. All of a sudden, Jesus stepped on the scene and he goes, ta-da, here I am. And all of a sudden, your eyes were opened and you became saved, born again. Why? Because when you see holy God, you can do nothing else but worship and repent. It's also a time of repentance. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of cleaning house. That's what God is doing in this church. He's rearranging the chairs. He's rearranging things. He's getting your focus back on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's not only a future revelation of Jesus Christ, which the writer is talking about, the second coming, but it's also the present right now, the revelation of Jesus Christ. How many of you want more of Jesus? Huh? How many of you really want more of Jesus? You really want more of Jesus. You know how I know if you're really going after God? Because pursuit is the proof of your desire. You know how it is. Come on, ladies. You want that purse? You want that new dress? You want those new shoes? You're going to go after it. 
And you're going to shake every tree you need to shake to make sure that money falls down, right? That's going after it with all of your heart. You don't care. Some of you will even go into debt to get it. And the guy's like, yep, that's right. But that's, that's the desire that you have. That's the proof of your desires that you go after him with all of your heart. And Jesus said, if you go after me with all your heart, you're going to find me. I'm not going to hide myself from you. I don't know about you, but I've been walking with God for almost 24 years. The end of this week, it'll be my 24th anniversary. And I know this much. I've just barely begun to scrape the surface of who God is. The intimacy with God. The oneness with God. The relationship with God. So the writer says, listen, you need to gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts in your ignorance. These people were going through mass persecution. They were going through things that you and I had never went through. And I pray to God that we never do. But God, should persecution come to America, we see all the signs. Lord, I pray that you'd help us gird up our minds. I pray that you help us, you know, in our hearts, Lord, repent for whatever we need to repent. But more than that, I pray that you would prepare us, that you would prepare us, that you would prepare us for everything that is coming. Because if our heart is prepared, if our mind is prepared, then when that, come, that thing comes and it hits us hard, it's like, ah, but I was ready for it. I knew it was going to come because I've made preparation for everything else. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop worshiping. I'm not going to stop preaching. I'm not going to stop witnessing. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because Jesus Christ is worthy. He's worthy of everything. Everything is for the glory of God. Everything we do, this church is for the glory of God. Our life is for the glory of God. Everything that we do is for his glory. He says, listen, when these things happen, I don't want you to go back to your old former way of thinking. Ah, this, this stuff doesn't work. Christianity doesn't work. What's the use of serving God? Every time that I get close to God, I get hurt. Every time that I, that, I, that I make steps towards God, something happens. Why do you think that happens? The devil doesn't want you getting close to God. Your flesh does not want you getting close to God. Your soul does not want to surrender to Jesus Christ. That's why things happen. And the writer says, listen, I know what I'm talking about because I walked away from Jesus Christ. I wanted to go back to fishing. I wanted to go back to my old life. I'm just going to go back to fishing. Come on, guys, let's go back fishing. That's what Peter was. Peter was up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, everything began to change. Everything began to change in his life. He says, listen, don't go back to the formal way of thinking. Don't go back to the things that you think are going to bring you peace because they're not. Have you ever been there, man? Have you ever tried to go back to something that you used to love to do and it's just it's not in you anymore? God has changed your heart. He's changed your mind. That's the first love. And he's going to keep it that way. God is not some master controller, manipulator. I talk to people all the time on the phone, and I tell them, listen, God's not sitting there like a puppet master. Oh, God, why did you do this? Oh, God, why is my husband doing this? Oh, God. It's like, why are you blaming God? 
Most of the stuff that happens is because of our own ideas, our own intentions, our own misgivings, the things that we want to do. And God has nothing to do with that. God has given us free will. God is saying, hey, here's the pasture, sheep. This is the pasture, the green pasture that I brought you out, but I'm not going to tell you what clump of grass to eat. That's, That's on you. But I've given you all this to enjoy. Man, there's nothing like serving the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing like serving Him. But get ready for the battles because the battles are going to happen. The battles are going to happen. He says, listen, I don't want you going backward. I want you going forward. Because He that called you is holy. You're consecrated. You're set apart. Set apart. You're morally pure. You're morally pure. How many are morally pure in this place? How many are morally pure in this place? We need to change that. Because none of us including me, rose my hand up. We need to change that. Because the Bible says that we are a new creation. We need to practice being the new creature. What does that mean? When something comes my way, I'm going to think like Jesus. You know that old slogan, and I hate to use that, but WWJD, what would Jesus do? I I think we need to bring that back, but I think we need to sanctify it. I think we need to set it apart. I think we need the biblical Jesus. What would Jesus do? Jesus doesn't just let you get away with things. He's a good God. He's a loving God. But he's also the God and judge of all the earth. And that's what Peter is getting ready to talk about. He says, And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves through this time here of your stay here in fear. You know what? I looked up that word fear, and that word fear means exactly what it means. It's not a reverential fear. It's an old man fear. It's a scary fear. It's where we get the word phobia from. And it's conducted 47 times in the New Testament. Fear, 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 fear. Not the fear that binds you like Satan wants to fear, but the fear and reverence of God. But it's also a trembling fear. God says, remember that I'm going to judge the whole world. You know what keeps in the back of my mind? I'm 55 years old now. And I keep thinking, man, one day I'm going to see Jesus face to face. And I go, and I go, oh. It's kind of like, oh. That's serious. I have to stand before him. I, I, I don't know if I'll be standing. I'll probably be blubbering on the floor. Huh? But everything is going to be brought into the open. Everything. Every idle word, the Bible says. Every idle thought. All my motives. Lord, was I really doing it for my family? Or was I doing it for myself? Was I really doing it for my wife? Was I really doing it for my children? Was I really doing it for my boss? Was I really doing it for you? Or was I really doing it for me? You know, people hide behind the name of Jesus all the time to promote their ministries. People do it all the time. And Jesus just lets it. Hey, the word of God is being preached, but they'll be judged after. That's a scary thing. Jesus still uses people when they're all messed up. And that's a scary thing. Jesus will do that because it's for the glory of God. Everything is for the glory of God. Everything we do is for the glory of Jesus Christ. If we're not doing it for the glory of Jesus Christ, then we need to reevaluate. We need to sit down and we need to repent. God, why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? Why am I up here? 
Everything that we're doing needs to be for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen? You guys got kind of quiet on me, man. He says, listen. Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your father. You weren't ransomed by silver and gold, but you were ransomed by the precious precious blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ laid it all on the line for you and I so that we can be reconciled back to God. I'm sure you know this, but I'm going to tell you this, that you and I were once the enemies of God. The Bible says that you and I were the enemies of God. God didn't like you so much. You were his enemy. And at the proper time, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for his enemies. You hear all the time, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus loves you, Jesus died for you. But remember that you and I, the Bible says in the New Testament, were the enemies of God. We were like the children of wrath. The wrath of God abides upon those who have not walked through the door of Jesus Christ. There is a wrath that still abides upon unbelievers. You have to understand that. That's what the Apostle uh, um, Paul was talking about. The wrath of God still abides upon unbelievers. It's once you walk through the door of salvation that that wrath is appeased. But until that time, guess what? That's why we're not to judge those outside of the church. Because that judgment is left for God and for Him only. It's only left for Jesus Christ. But you and I, right now, in the church, we have to get this right. We have to get it right. We only get one chance. This isn't a dress rehearsal. This isn't a dress rehearsal. But this church is so loved and so favored by God. You know what I felt when I was standing back there? When I, when I wiped all the snot and all the boogers and all the tears from my eyes, you know what I felt? God was saying, this is mine. This church is mine. And nothing and no one is going to harm it. Nothing and no one is going to harm it. This is my work. This is like my baby. I'm grooming. I'm taking care of. I'm watering. I'm giving light. I'm pouring life into it. I'm taking away death. I'm changing minds. I'm redeeming souls. That this is mine. And you guys are highly favored. You guys are highly favored from the Lord. And Matt, all you have to do is ask God for more. Because you are highly favored. You have the ear of the Father. You have his attention. And Jackie, all you have to do is ask for more. All you have to do is ask for more because your hearts are right before God. Because God can trust you. God doesn't just give his trust to anybody. It has to be earned. But you have been faithful. You have been faithful. Not only are you called, but you are going to, these people here, these are nation shakers, Matt. That's a prophetic word. Nation shakers in this place. In fact, you're so highly favored that nations are going to come to you. That nations are going to come to you. Nations are going to come to this house. And you're going to send out of this house. They're going to come to this house. And you're going to send out of this house. 
like you said, God says, that's what I'm looking for, open hands. Can I trust you with what I give you? And God's already told me, he can trust you. He can trust you. You see, every life is connected here. Every life is connected to the next life. And that's why Satan wants to come so hard against this ministry. He wants to take it out. I was telling Matt, and those of you that know me, those of you that know me, I don't, I don't watch football. But I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> Go figure. That's only because I lived in Akron, Ohio for a time. I'm a Buckeye. But I don't watch football. I'm getting ready during the week for this message. And all of a sudden, the word first quarter came on my mind as I'm going into the laundry room. First quarter? Yeah, David, they're in the first quarter. Tell them they're in the first quarter. It's not the second quarter. It's not halftime. This isn't going to be easy. It's not going to be over. And then I asked about the first quarter. Well, what do you mean about the first quarter? They're in the first 15 minutes of the first quarter. You're like in the first minutes of the first quarter. This is first quarter for you guys. And you guys have to keep running with the ball. You guys have to keep running with the ball. You have to keep catching the ball. Because God is, is, is going to do the goal for you. God is going to bring you to the end zone. But this is the first quarter. And I almost saw myself as a coach. And I told Matt, if I had a jersey, I would have wore it today. Because I feel that that was God put on my heart is that you would be coached in this first quarter. That you would do everything that you've been trained to do. And then God is going to give you some new training. God is going to give you some new plays. Because the enemy is not going to outwit you. The enemy could not outwit David. The enemy is not going to outwit you. You're going to know when to step, and you're going to know when to step back. You're going to know when to go to the side, and you're going to know when to go to the side over here, and then you're going to know when to run. God is going to give you play-by-play -play action, and you keep doing what you're doing, Pastor Matt. You keep doing what you're doing because lives depend upon you. Lives depend upon you. Nobody quits in this army. Nobody quits in this army. You need to pray for your pastors and your leadership. You need to cover them in prayer. You need to fast with them. Because pastors is one of the best jobs and one of the hardest jobs in all the world. Because of the things that come against us. And you need to pray for them. Can, can I get you to do that? Can, can you promise right now before heaven and earth, before Jesus Christ and all the angels, will you promise to pray for your pastors and leaders? Until Jesus Christ comes back or you go home to see him? Will you pray? Let me see a show of hands. All right, Lord. You see the hands. And he definitely seen the ones that didn't go up. <laughs> I couldn't find you. A lot of hands went up, but I know you're out there. And Jesus is watching. Jesus is watching you. But with his precious blood of Christ as of lamb, without blemish and without spot, you have been redeemed. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world that was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Your faith needs to rest upon the revelation of Jesus Christ. Your faith needs to rest there. Your hope needs to go there. 
Everything that you are going through right now needs to be looked at through the eyes of Jesus Christ. It needs to be looked at and thought of through the heart of Jesus Christ. That's why you and I are alive today. You and I are alive today because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet? I want to give a prophetic word for this church. And it's for anybody that's listening. But every once in a while, I get to hear the deliberations in heaven. And every once, great, 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 great while, I get to know what the enemy has been up to. And this is what I heard. And I want you to listen. And you can take it for whatever it's worth. I heard Satan come before the throne. He came before the throne of God, and this is what he said. He said, let me touch their freedoms. Let me touch their jobs. Let me touch their health. And let me touch their prosperity. Let me touch everything that they have and know. And then he said this, because he's an accusing spirit. Will they still love you? Will they still worship you? Will they still pray? Will they still believe? Will faith remain? And he was bringing accusations before the Lord about this church and about the church of Jesus Christ at large, especially in America. And he was telling God, like Job almost, let, yeah, let me touch them. Let me sift them. Let me still see if they'll love you, God. Let me take something from them. Let me see if they'll worship you then. Let, let, let me touch their life. Let me, let me touch their heart. Let me touch what's closest to their heart. Will they still love you? Or will they side with me and shake their fists and be angry at you? Will they still love you? And then I heard the voice of Jesus Christ. And this is why he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can't do nothing. You can't pray without me. You can't love without me. You can't fast without me. You can't preach without me. You can't do anything without me. John 15, 5. Take it to heart. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can't do nothing. And Jesus is praying for you right now. And some of you are going through the sifting. And some of you are going through. And some of you, it's a mental assault. It's a mental assault. And you've been tormented in your mind. But I'm here today to set you free in the name of Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, I want you to lift up your hand. Lift up your hands right now. You are set free in the name of Jesus Christ. You are set free from torment in the name of Jesus Christ. You are set free from illnesses in the name of Jesus Christ. You are set free from family curses in the name of Jesus Christ. It will not happen to you. It will not happen to you. You will not have an early death. There will be no more suicide in your family. There will be no more barrenness in your children. 
Your children's children shall have children. They shall have children. That curse shall not touch your house. I break it right now in Jesus' name. In the blood name of Jesus, I break it. I break it. I break it. And I pray that the hardness of your heart will be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Those that are struggling with addiction right now, we break it right now in Jesus' name. Those that are struggling with pornography, I break it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Unclean spirit, be removed in Jesus' name. Wicked spirit, be removed in Jesus' name. Ungodly spirit, be removed in Jesus' name. Be removed in Jesus' name. Be removed in Jesus' name. It's the presence of God that breaks chains off of people. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that negates everything, that crushes everything. There's only one territorial spirit I know, and he is the original territorial spirit, and that is God Almighty. He owns everything. He owns everything. Everything must bow before the name of Jesus Christ. Every principality, every principality, every power, every force of darkness must bow in the name of Jesus. Depression must flee in the name of Jesus. Depression and darkness flee right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you right now. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. No more torment. No more torment. No more physical torment. Thanks again for joining us here at Fountain Church. For more details on how to get connected, visit us at fountainchurch.cc. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.